This is Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health, your home for common sense science-based health care. Here's your host, Dr. T.J. Williams. And welcome to the show, everyone. I'm your host, T.J., and uh, with me, as always, is Aaron. She's over there. She's not even. She's not even up to the microphone. She's sitting back in her chair, just kind the intro of, is your part. just kind of looking around. Oh, so anyway, I guess it's. I'm. I'm. I'm basically on my own here today. Is what I feel like. Uh, I'm, I'm not in, sure. I'm in, I'm okay. Okay. In. Okay. Yeah. So last week, um, if you're just joining us um, and you missed last week, um, you missed a doozy of a show. Um, we started talking about adrenal fatigue. We talked about um, when adrenal fatigue was kind of coined, what it is a little bit. We talked uh, about the the people out there who say that adrenal fatigue doesn't exist, and I acknowledge that, and you're absolutely correct. It's not really adrenal fatigue. It's more of this whole endocrine disruption thing that goes on with the hypothalamus and the pituitary and the adrenal gland axis. I completely get it. But we have to come to terms with um, sometimes we, we need to to identify things and give things a name that's more common sense to the name. And I think adrenal fatigue addresses that. It addresses this middle ground between perfectly functioning adrenals and adrenal uh, disease, like Addison's disease or Cushing's disease, where your adrenals are just completely messed up and out of whack. And so adrenal fatigue is is this middle ground. And really and truly, a lot of people fall in this middle ground. And we spent a lot of time last week talking about the fact that that's where, that's where most people are. And right. if you're not there, the likelihood is you're going to get there at some point during your life. Right. And while it's the middle ground, it can cause so many different problems. Tons, so, tons I mean, of different problems. Right. So let's try to stop it early, catch the problem, and fix it before it gets to something even more serious. Right. But the problem, as we discussed last week, is that a lot of people come in with these symptoms to their doctor, and they're told, well, there's nothing wrong with you. and Or you're crazy here having an antidepressant. Right. Or both. Yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, so... Or you're, or just completely dismiss, like, well, there's nothing that... You don't have anything. There's no, absolutely nothing that's wrong with you. Right. Go on, and you'll be fine. Yeah. So, I mean... and. Like with so many times that people are told that this is another situation where we really thrive at the Institute is, you know, finding the cause of these symptoms that, you know, seem so just elusive and, you know, could point to so many different things. Right. And that's the thing. So many there are people out there that are looking. They they maybe even come across this. And we talked a little bit last week about how people will come in and ask questions about adrenal fatigue or they'll they'll call and they'll ask questions well, about it. We've gotten so many comments already from people who have said, thank you so much for addressing this. You know, right. I thought that, you know, this could be a problem. And I've asked about it. My doctor said it wasn't real or, you know, I this sounds like it could be what I've been suffering from. I didn't even know this was something that existed. I mean, so many different things. And that's, you know, I think we said last week, this <laughs> this may be three shows. And after just our first show. Um, or 10. <laughs> we the rest of the year, so ladies many, and gentlemen, we'll yeah. be talking about adrenal fatigue. <laughs> we already got a lot of comments, so let's get into there, it. There's way too much for, to talk about if this is a condition that absolutely does not exist. Right. How can how can you have that many things to talk about and it be that important and, and cause so much chaos in a human body if it just doesn't exist? You have to acknowledge things sometimes that go against status quo. 
Right. We have to we have to say yes. There's something out there. There is a middle ground that has to be has to clinically be we see it way too often. Yes. So. And we watch it get better way too right. often. <laughs> so if it, if it didn't exist, there wouldn't be anything to get better. But yet all these people get better and they they start feeling better and their labs improve. If if I'm treating nothing, then I. I Congrats to me because I'm the greatest <laughs> placebo, nocebo uh, doctor on the planet because all of my patients are just completely crazy and they have no nothing wrong with them right. and they're just getting better. Crazy but happy yeah. and healthy. So happy and cares? healthy. That's right. <laughs> all right. So let's get into it. So this, this episode provided we may get through it. We may not. If we get through, great. If we don't, well, you know what? There'll be, there's always next week. Um, so we're going to talk about what causes adrenal fatigue and if we can manage to get through that, we're going to talk about some symptoms. And I'm not really betting on this getting through all of that, but I don't know. You never know. If we get I past that. I think we that, can if we get going. And then we also eventually are going to talk about some things you can do to overcome adrenal fatigue um, on your own. Because there are a lot of things that you can do without our help. And as much as possible, we want to empower all of you out there to be able to fix yourselves. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> and we're here. If it's not, you know, if you still need us, then we're, you know, of course, always available. But yes. as much as possible, we want, you know, to give you the information so that you can do things on your own. I quoted Chris Farley and you didn't even acknowledge nope. it. I, I, I'm trying it. to actually get to the information. Right. So. <laughs> so, so causes of adrenal fatigue. So if like we talked about last week, so it's basically a, a, a middle ground, a condition where your your body and your adrenal glands just can't keep up with the level of daily stress that you're experiencing. And these are different kinds of stresses. I mean, you know, we, we talked a little bit last week, driving in traffic is a stressor. And then we've got the major stressors in life, just trying to get the kids up and ready and, and off to school and and going to work. And if we have a move or the loss of a loved one, all these things are big stressors on the body. And sometimes it's just we're overloaded and we just can't keep up. Right. Also, and I know I've brought this up before, but, you know, there are also continuous stresses of eating foods that you're sensitive to that you shouldn't be eating. And, you know, I mean, not exercising, sitting all day long. I mean, all of those things put stress on the body. Yes, because your immune system is having to respond. And if your immune system has to respond, you're under stress. Right. So even if you're out there and you're like, I don't think I have that much stress, have you had a food sensitivity test? Because if you haven't, you your body could be under a lot of stress because you may be sensitive to a number of foods that you're eating on a regular basis. I don't know why this one just came to me, but if you're out there and you're trying to figure out, well, maybe I have food sensitivities, maybe I don't. If you have dinner, lunch, breakfast, whatever... And you get a runny nose while you're eating. Is that because I've been sniffling? I just noticed uh, that. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe it was. Uh, if you get a runny nose while you're eating, I can guarantee you have food sensitivities. Yes. Something is going on. You're creating an immune response because your body has decided, I need to produce mu- mucus to protect myself. Yeah. That is an issue. So there you go. Go get your food sensitivities checked. Good job, Aaron. <laughs> Good job. I'm sniffling a little bit too. I don't know what this is about. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't think I ate anything I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> that was totally off the subject, too. Maybe. It was. It was completely <laughs> off the subject. But, you know, that one of the things that people confuse adrenal fatigue with is they confuse it with having an autoimmune condition. I mean, autoimmune disorders are a hot-button topic right now. More and more people are having autoimmune condition. We we see it more and more in patients. That just doctors aren't looking. They don't know what to do with it, even if it's there. And so they're confusing this these adrenal fatigue symptoms with an autoimmune thing. Sometimes they have them, sometimes they don't. And when they don't, they're just like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? I don't have an answer. Right. Well, how can I help? And a lot of that, I mean, makes sense because a lot of the symptoms of adrenal fatigue could be going on in the beginning stages of an autoimmune disorder because your body is stressed. And so you are going to experience a lot of the same symptoms. And that's just one of the reasons why it's so important to go to someone who knows enough about this to be able to distinguish between the different things that could be causing your problems. Right. Because there is a lot of overlap. There there absolutely is. And if you're not testing for it, you're, there's no way to know. Right. So a lot of wellness doctors out there on the planet basically think that if you have an episode of a massive stress or some sort of acute stress, or if you have like prolonged long-term chronic stress, that the adrenal glands can basically become overloaded, not do their job very well, and then not be able to make cortisol. Eh, that may or may not be true. I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not sold on that, which is why I think there's, this, there's, a, there's room for this middle ground area. I'm not 100% sold that your body is just no longer able to produce cortisol because I've never seen in all of my years of practice, I've never seen anyone not actually be able to make some sort of cortisol. Right. I haven't seen that person. But it does, it is improperly releasing the cortisol, which is why you get a lot of these adrenal fatigue symptoms. Correct? Correct. And it's, it could also be that your receptors are downregulated. Right. There's a lot of stuff that goes yeah, on. Yeah, it's not that simple as just right cortisol problem. Right. You could be binding this stuff up. And so when you test, the tests are not as effective if you're looking at bound or unbound cortisol or free or bound te- cortisol. It, it matters what you're looking at and what you're doing because you, you just have to know these things have to correlate together. Just, I mean, not everybody completely has a, a grasp on all this stuff that can go that can go on. But most of these wellness guys, back to this this point, is they think that things like, you know, like I just said, death of a loved one, not getting enough sleep, having food sensitivities, being in chronic pain, going through a surgery. I mean, getting having an autoimmune disease like rheumatoid arthritis, relying every single day on caffeine to get you going or energy, or energy drinks, drinks to get through yeah, the day. Exactly. The energy drinks can be just brutal on someone. It's really hard on a on a system. So that that's that's what the general consensus is out there. But the the real crux of this question boils down to can can stress cause extreme fatigue that's what it when we boil all this down that's basically what we what i get to can we really can stress really be the cause of all of this adrenal right can it wear fatigue? you down over time and you know right. and there are other things too i mean i think did you mention lack of sleep i know that's a big one I did. just not getting enough sleep and um Things like negative thinking and emotional trauma. Oh, I mean, yeah. Negative thinking. My gosh. Yeah. People think negatively all the time. I tell people in the office over and over again, I ask them, what is the most powerful word on the planet? And they look at me with a blank stare. I say, it's the word that immediately follows 
the words, I am. And then they look at me funny and I say, okay, think about it like this. If you're constantly saying, I am tired, guess what? You are. No one is going to, no one's going to fix that. No one is going to be able to help that until the word that follows I am is something other than negative. That's just, that's just how I approach it. I'm like, we have to start, you have to change your thinking pattern. You can't constantly be thinking how tired you are. And you can't, I mean, yes, I understand you're tired, but you need a little boost. You need a little help. You need a little nudge. It's not that hard to stand in front of a mirror and say, okay, I am happy and healthy. I just want to clarify something though. Like if you have extreme fatigue, that is not what you get when you come into the clinic. I mean, we're not going to say, well, quit thinking that you're tired then. <laughs> That's I true. Mean, but it so is a big poem. It is a big piece of that puzzle. And a lot of people haven't realized that. And they're like, wait, yeah. And I, I send them home like, think about how many I times throughout the day you think negatively. And then that's, they're like, well, well, actually, that happens a lot. And we just have an open communication. I'm like, okay, well, that's something that you need to work on. I'm not the guy to fix that, but now you're aware of it. But I also want to say, as someone who has gone through all of this, that it's so much more difficult to think positively when you're not feeling well. Right. So I just, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I do. But I also think... You know, I'm generally a positive person. As soon as I started to feel a little bit better, I was positive. But when you feel horrible all the time, I don't think a lot of people can comprehend that. It's really hard to be positive still. Right. And when you're trying things and they're not working. Yeah, I get it. All right. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to answer the question, um, can stress cause extreme fatigue? You're listening to Wellness 101. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, we're talking uh, part two of adrenal fatigue is going on today. Um, we talked in the first segment. Um, we talked about some of the causes. We started to get into some of the causes, and we left the segments talking about or asking the question, can stress cause extreme fatigue? The short answer is yes, it sure can. Um, I mean, there's there are studies out there that show that that stress can cause fatigue. Um, One of them, they basically found students that were undergoing chronic long-term stress when they were prepping for medical exams. So these are med students um, at the end of their, of their careers were basically they, they had impaired cortisol awakening response. So the cortisol awakening response for those of you who don't know, or the CAR, that is, the surge, the increase in cortisol that we get first thing in the morning. Um, as soon as we wake up, our cortisol is basically as should be at or really close to as high as it's going to be throughout the day, and then it tapers off throughout the day. Um, and so what they saw is that in these medical students, um, that their cortisol awakening response was, was limited. And by limiting what happens with this support, supposed to be surge when you wake up you feel alert um 
you know, if you if cortisol is correct, I don't know if I said that quite right. If your cortisol is working right, you wake up, you feel good. You're 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 you don't feel you don't feel tired. You wake up rested, and all this stuff's going on, and that's that's a wonderful thing. Right, and and the way that cortisol works, I mean, generally that will happen even if you haven't gotten a lot of sleep. And I think a lot of us, at least can think of a time when we were healthy and that happened. You get up and you're fully awake. Maybe you get tired later on because you didn't get plenty of sleep, but that cortisol response still works in the morning the way that it was supposed to, because that's the way the body was designed to work. Right. Um, you know, I mean, that's what, when we had talked earlier about, you know, this prolonged stress causing your body to improperly release cortisol, you get those cortisol spikes later in the day, and that's what really... Or you don't get them at or all. Or you don't get them at all. Or I you're mean, flatlined. Right. But I mean, you know, we talked, I think, last week about people feeling really awake later at night. And a lot of that is, you know, you get that surge at the wrong time of the day, and right. then that completely messes up your sleep cycle, which then perpetuates the problem. Correct. So there's one study talking about, you know, students undergoing this, this stuff when they when they examine them, their, their cortisol awakening response is blunted. So then what's going to happen is those kids are going to wake up and they're going to, they're not going to feel rested. They're going to be exhausted. They're going to feel like they need more sleep. They're going to want caffeine like crazy to, to go on about their day. There was another study that was done. This was probably done 10, 12 years ago. Um, basically found that students that were diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome had alterations in adrenal function in quotes, Alteration. That's what the the authors of the article said. They had alterations in adrenal function, particularly in the females, suggesting that their adrenal glands were no longer receiving a normal amount of stimulation. So this is basically saying that the nervous system wasn't communicating with the adrenal glands properly to allow for a proper response because we had, quote, alterations in adrenal function. So yes, stress can affect adrenal function. So this isn't always just about the amount of sleep that you get either. It's not about the amount. Sometimes it's the quality, not necessarily the quantity. And some of you out there, I'm sure have gone through this. I've had days like this where you fall asleep and you wake up and it's earlier than you really wanted to get out of bed, but you feel amazing. You're like, well, gosh, dang, I'm ready to start my day. And you go on about your day two, three, four hours prior to when you had planned on getting up because the quality of your sleep was just amazing. And so you don't necessarily have to sleep nearly as long. Right. Well, and I want to point out, too, I mean, first of all, they did in this study say that they found, you know, this problem, particularly in females. And we do see, I mean, while, you know, both males and females suffer from adrenal fatigue, we do see it more often in females. And also, as far as the quality of sleep, we see this a lot with women who have had children because they go through this period of time where, you know, they have a newborn, they're not sleeping, you know, they're not getting long periods of sleep and that throws everything off. And I mean, ideally you bounce back from that, but not always. And if that, and especially if you have more than one child and you're dealing with multiple things, that's how a lot of this can lead to adrenal fatigue and I, we just we see a lot of women that will go through this with these symptoms for a long period of time, assuming that's just part of motherhood, when really their adrenals are completely off. Right. And so, again, like we talked about last week, when your adrenals are off, all your hormones are off. And so you're not even able to function 
properly. Your immune system is now going to be out of whack. Right. You There's may a, have some depressive symptoms. And yeah. Then, and then all you'd get is put on an antidepressant when it was actually your adrenals that were causing the problem. Right. And so that's a that's another thing, too, that you mentioned depression. Depression, it's possible that depression plays a role in developing adrenal fatigue. So there's there's suggest there's research out there that suggests that if if someone has gone through a, a major depressive episode, that the cortisol response doesn't re- very easily readjust to normal when that depressive episode is over. That happens. That's basically setting you up for a second depressive episode. It's just it's right. just setting you up to for failure, and then that you know one begets two begets four, and next thing you know, we've had this huge problem. Right. And I also want to say, I mean, I know we don't want to get into this, you know, too deeply, but this is a lot of too. I mean, when they say a major depressive episode, there are also instances where people, you know, have been diagnosed with PTSD and they're having these sort of symptoms, and a lot of that can be tied to adrenal fatigue and the cortisol response, um, because. You know, when you have any sort of major trauma, it's going to throw you off. And all of, you know, I mean, what we always talk about, I mean, your body is all connected. So it's not something like that isn't going to happen and just affect the brain, which is what a lot of times you hear said when it's, you know, related to depression or PTSD. Right. And I mean, it really affects stress, really, really massively impacts the immune system. And I think we got. We've got this to talk about in a bit, too, but I, w- I want to touch on it just briefly. Anyone knows, any parent knows who's had their kid off to college, when they come home after finals are over at the holiday break or at, at after, the, after the spring semester, the most common time for those kids to get sick is after they get home, after the finals are over. Because what has happened is they've been under this massive stress response all their all their hormones are out of whack. They're they're running on very little sleep. They may have had to pull an all nighter or two, even though that's completely counterintuitive to to helping you actually perform better. Um, sleep way out far outweighs that, but it doesn't matter. They they're not necessarily eating very well. They may be drinking alcohol, which is very hard on the immune system, and then being stressed just to get through the finals. They come home, all the stress is gone basically, and. They're home to relax, and next thing you know, they're sick. They've got they've got a cold, they've got a flu, they've got sore throat. Something is going on. It happens a ton. I mean, I remember that happening to me before I knew all of this stuff. Right. Well, and I mean, it happens at all ages. It happens to a lot of adults. I mean, if you've got a stressful, you know, work project that's going on, or really anything, you know, where you've got this period of, you know, increased stress, you're less likely to get sick during that period. But after that period. Um, you know, usually is when you crash. Right. So shifting gears a little bit, um, there's there's also research out that suggests that people that have symptoms of diabetes may even be at increased risk for adrenal fatigue. So basically, diabetes is a massive, massive stressor on the body. I the the explanation that I give for most people is you know your your body is supposed to your blood is supposed to be very thin kind of like water you should be able to your heart and everything should be able to pump this stuff relatively easily but if you have diabetes you have increased sugar in that blood that makes the the blood thicker so instead of being like water it's more like pumping syrup or molasses which is much harder to do 
and that stuff is those the that extra sugar in the blood is like razor sharp little things that are in there that are just damaging all kinds of blood vessels that's why we have so much vascular problem when we're when we're talking about someone that has diabetes um that you you increase all this inflammation you create a, create all this massive amount of inflammatory response which is a massive stressor on the body and so when we when we when they start looking at people that have diabetes symptoms they're basically saying if your glucose tolerance is impaired you're going to have an effect on on taxing the adrenals and this research came out of out of um, the university of delhi in uh, india um, pretty cool pretty cool research out there that tied this piece right. together. But it makes sense. It also. makes perfect sense. I mean, yeah, it's it, I, diabetes, knowing it's a huge stress, it's going to stress all of your body, including your adrenal glands. But it's, you know, we now have the science to tie it together. All right. We got to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue on uh, talking about some of this uh, adrenal fatigue stuff. And, and hopefully we can get into some some of the symptoms and things that you can do to, uh, to help yourself if you're suffering from it. You're listening to Wellness 101. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. If you're just joining us, we're talking about adrenal fatigue, part two. Uh, we talked about it last week. I, if you missed last week's episode, go back and check it out. Um, you're, I, I think it's something that you'll enjoy. Um, we've been talking about some research that's been going on to kind of talk that, that addresses adrenal stress um, and adrenal fatigue and that it's, this is something that may actually be, even though some people say, well, this condition doesn't exist. Um, I, I tend to disagree. I think it's a, a valid thing. Um, we see a lot of people that suffer from, from a lot of these symptoms and things that, that can easily be helped if they're put on the right path. So I want to I wanna talk just a second about there's, – there's a pretty big study out of China, and they put together this monster cohort study – and they were looking – what they were looking at was very interesting to me, and I hope that you listeners out there find that interesting as well. They were, they were examining the interaction of genetics, biomarkers, and environmental exposures, and then they were, they were basically coming up with the health metrics that lead to chronic disease. Okay, so they took this. They took this questionnaire. They validated this questionnaire through some studies. They did a lot of tests on this thing. And they developed a classification that they then referred to as suboptimal health. Huh. A middle ground. It's hard to believe. I was, I was completely blown away. So they, the, the phase that they referred to is basically an in-between between optimal health and then like truly diagnosable illness, disease problems. So again, this is, you know, modern medicine is telling us we have perfectly functioning adrenals, you're you're everything's amazing and great or you have disease and they're not acknowledging any middle ground. 
You're either on one side or the other, and there's no way to be in the middle. And I just don't think that's true. And these guys in China figured this out, and they're like, well, there is this thing. We're going to deem it suboptimal health status, or SHS. Right, which is characterized by the perception of health complaints, general weakness, chronic fatigue, and low energy levels, which... I think is, I mean, it's what we see so often is people are suffering from these things and they go to their doctor and they're told nothing is wrong with you. Right. Survey says, ding, 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 ding. We've got a winner, Chuck. I mean, I just don't get it. This is exactly what we're talking about. I mean, right. and they, it's exactly what everyone, I mean, I think all of us know common sense is that this happens, right? And this, and this is your home for common sense, science-based <laughs> solutions to. Right. Tied it all together. <laughs> yes, there. that's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. So the, the the aim of the study was basically to, to push traditional Chinese medicine. I mean, it, of course they were. As Chinese, they're, they're trying to push the, the legitimacy of traditional Chinese medicine, which would be a lot of acupuncture, a lot of herbs and things like that, and other, all the other things that go along with traditional Chinese medicine. And they were trying to say, look, you know, we, we play a role. Our practitioners play a role, and this is where they fit, and and it it works, and they're they're actually correct. And so I just I just find it very interesting that this is exactly exactly what we're talking about. And I mean, they actually classified people in their study as having uh, significantly or as having suboptimal health status to be those that have significantly higher levels of plasma cortisol. And they basically confirmed the correlation between stress and suboptimal health. The more stress you have, the less the less your health is going to be. That's just what they figured out. And I mean, that speaks volumes. At least somebody's looking. Right. We can't. Go, we couldn't get anybody over here to do a research study like that to save our lives. Right. Well, exactly. And it's you know, it's the same reason why we um, incorporate so many of the you know Eastern medicine practices into the clinic. I mean, if they, you know, I mean, we kind of the whole clinic is set up to encompass all that is known in healthcare, and so. There are a lot of times where, I mean, you know, we don't use medications unless you absolutely need a prescription medication. And there are times when you do. But there is definitely a place for, you know, traditional Eastern medicine when you're dealing with this suboptimal health status. Yeah, that's right. So adrenal fatigue symptoms. So let's let's talk about that for a minute or on five shows. I don't really care. Um, so <laughs> I just talk until we've run out of information. Um, so what happens to the adrenal glands, um, or when the adrenal glands rather not to the adrenal glands, what happens when an adrenal gland stops producing hormones efficiently? And I'm not saying that they're stopping producing hormones. The key here is that they're stopping doing it efficiently because efficiency matters. Basically every single function in the body is going to get out of whack. You're not going to have pep in your step. You're not going to feel good. You're not going to wake up at rested. You're going to just be exhausted. And, you know, that's just what's going to happen when you stop making these things efficiently. I mean, right. go ahead. She, no, she I stepped thought, up to the mic, ladies and well, gentlemen. Well, I mean, are you going to, like, I really think if we list out, you know, some of these symptoms that we know are tied to adrenal fatigue, it's kind of alarming. And that's where we get a lot of people saying, oh, my gosh, this is me. Oh, there's piles of them. Um, weight gain. Let's start with weight gain. That's a big one. Um, having an autoimmune condition. <coughs> Excuse me. I got a little choked. I took a drink of water and got choked. <coughs> <coughs> There's always feeling tired. You know, chronic fatigue or 
a lot of people don't see themselves as having chronic fatigue, but they're always tired. And right. That's basically, I mean, that's the, the same, same thing. thing. <laughs> same thing. You know, even if you haven't been diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, I mean, it's the same. As far as symptoms, it's the same thing. Yeah. Brain fog is a big one. Right. Hair loss. And well, and oh, I'm sorry. sorry. No, um, go ahead. Well, brain fog is one. I got excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> brain fog is one that I think, you know, so many people think that it's part of something that's going on in their life. Like we talked about before, you know, having young kids at home, having a lot to do at work, um, you know, not getting enough sleep or just getting older. And they don't even think of brain fog as being tied to anything else. It's just a, you know, a normal part of life. And then when we start listing these out, they're like, oh, wait, yeah, <laughs> I have all of these plus brain fog. It, and-, and it's funny. Brain fog is a big driver for people coming in to see us at the clinic because they're just like, I can't get through a day. I, I forget everything. I just I we have to help this. We have well, to make this stop. Right. And I know, you know, for me personally, when I was really sick, that was one of the most terrifying things was the, you know, I I knew that I wasn't thinking as clearly or that I was forgetting things. And as someone who, you know, makes their attorney with their or make their makes their uh, makes their living as an attorney with their mind. I mean, it's terrifying. It really is. Um, And so I think, yeah, it when it gets really bad, it'll drive people in to try to get, you know, some sort of answer, but there is a lot of time that they will usually go through before they seek anything out, just assuming that it's a short-term thing and it's related to, you know, certain events that are going on in their life. Right. So I jumped the gun with hair loss. Hair loss. Hair loss loss is another one. Um, Things, when your hormones get all out of balance, um, that that can be a big issue. And I know we've talked about hormones before, but hormone imbalance... (laughs) I mean, so often we have people coming in our, the clinic who say, I think my hormones are out of whack, and but my doctor says they're fine. And I know we've done a show on this before, but they're usually right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and it's, they get so frustrated. And I mean, I, I get it completely because they were like, I've asked my doctor. I mean, you know, I mean, patients should not have to diagnose themselves. And right. a lot of times they are, and their doctors will even refuse oh, to run the test. Or have to beg someone to run the test right. for them. If you're trying to get a test run, call me. Or they will be told, well, I ran the test for your hormones and your hormones are fine, when they didn't, in fact, run the whole hormone panel. Right. I mean, it's just, I get why so many people are frustrated with this. So if you feel like you could have a hormonal imbalance and you've been told you're fine, really look into that because, I mean, we see it all the time when people have, you know, like raging uh, autoimmune thyroid condition. I mean, like just really strong hormonal problems that no one bothered to check. Right. That it happens a lot. Um, another one that's that's big. We talked about it just a second ago with the diabetes is insulin resistance. Um, that's a that's a that's a key one. Um, another one back to hormones is a decreased sex drive. Right. That is massive. And it's funny. There is, we'll have people that come in and they'll talk about all these other things. And then I'll ask the question, you know, how's libido? How's your sex drive? And that opens up the floodgates of information that I don't know whether they were just embarrassed to to talk about it. Well, a lot of doctors don't bring it up. Maybe not. I mean, they're not generally asked that. And you're going to be asked that if you come into my clinic. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now, we're going to we're going to ask. And it matters because that stuff shouldn't just, I mean, yes, it, it decreases a little bit as you age. But, I mean, we have people that it's just non-existent. 
Right. That's not that's not healthy. And that happens a lot. And I mean, we see that a lot. Men and women. Men and women. Right. And it's not if if that is the case with you, that's not normal. I mean, right. something is going on in your body because we weren't made to be that way. Correct. So, I mean, it's it's a huge indicator that there are other issues going on. Correct. Um, we we already talked about um, depression. That's one. Right. Well, moodiness and irritability, too. I know that's not really depression, but I just wanted to say, I mean, how many, I mean, we, I don't know. We There's so many people out there that, you know, and, and a lot of people come into the clinic and like either they know they're irritable or they bring someone with them who says, they're a little difficult to get along with. <laughs> the fuse is a little short. Yeah. On this so one. if you can help that, I mean, those are all. It's not. I think so many times we put that on ourselves. Like, well, I just need to control it. But there could be something physiologically going on that's causing you to be that way. Yeah. So uh, another one that's uh, that's massive, especially in our in our aging population, is muscle and bone loss. We're not supposed to become osteoporotic. We're not supposed to lose all of our muscle mass. Right. Our, our muscles aren't supposed to atrophy and be small. Now, I say that. I'm tall and scrawny. I've just been that way my whole life. <laughs> right. But And if that's how you are, then that's great. But if you were you know, relatively muscly and then all of a sudden you're noticing that you're losing muscle math, mass. Or it's harder to keep it on yeah, if you're working out. Exactly. And, if you have to work out yeah. twice as hard to, to keep the same stuff and not lose, you, you've got an issue. Right. There, there's, there's, something that needs to, there's something that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Another big one is skin ailments. Oh, yeah. People coming in with skin problems. And a lot of times people don't come in. That's not the driving force. No. But then once it's asked, they're like, oh, well, yeah, no, my skin... And all sorts of things is either patches on your skin or acne or, you know, I mean, rosacea or all of these different, you know, eczema, psoriasis. And, like, and people will say, well, it doesn't happen very often. And I asked the def- to define not very often. And it's like, oh, maybe a couple times a month. If it's happening 24 times a year, it, that's a lot. Right. That's I a mean, lot. If it's happening at all. Probably something's probably, going on. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, one time out. maybe it's a weird allergic rea- reaction to something if it's right. short. But I mean, other than that, it's, yeah, there's a problem. Your skin isn't made to look like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, we've got to take another break. When we come back, we're going to start diving into the three steps to overcome adrenal fatigue. You're listening to Wellness 101. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We've had an exciting day of adrenal um, adrenal fatigue. Uh, I can't believe that we're already in our last segment. And uh, yeah, we're probably going to have a part three to this. Um, yeah, we're, well, we're definitely going to get to a, a part three because we haven't even started talking about things they can do to fix it. Huh. That'll so, keep them on the edge of their seats yeah. for next week. Right, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Make sure to stay tuned. Stay tuned yeah. for an exciting episode of How to Fix It. But before we go any farther, I know that, um, you know, we were talking before the break about um, the different symptoms of adrenal fatigue. And there were a few that we didn't get to that I think are really important. Um, Yes. One of them is sleep disturbances. Yes. 
And I think, you know, we see this so often if you are, you know, of course we talked about if you're having more trouble falling asleep, if you're feeling, you know, awake late at night, that's an issue. But we also so often people come in and they're waking up at like four or five in the morning and, you know, they're like, well, I can't sleep anymore. Or, you know, they are getting up more often during the night and they were like, well, I just assumed I had to use the restroom more. Or, Or they wake up at two. Or three, and then they can't fall back asleep until five. Yes. And then they fall back asleep. They're asleep for maybe an hour, and then it's time to get up at six. Yes. And then they're just dragging. Right. They can't get going. And then they they resort to their 16 pots of coffee, and yeah, that's not good for you. Yeah. And a lot of them, unfortunately, you go to the doctor and tell them this, they give you a sleeping pill. Yeah. I mean, that's what the answer yeah. is. And that's not going to fix any. I mean, like so many times when we've talked about that, a pill is not going to fix what's the underlying problem causing right. the sleep disturbance. Your, Why don't we focus on that? Your body is not deficient in a medication. Right. Your body is deficient in a lot of other things besides a medication. So another one was sweet and salty food cravings. So if you just crave, absolutely have to have salty food, and that's your go-to snack all the time, we've got an issue. The same is true if you're craving sweets. And where we really see sweet cravings is if someone has a nice big meal and they just have to have a dessert or they got to go grab, you know, some sort of sweet something or other to follow that meal. Right. Well, and this isn't necessarily, I mean, you say like, you know, like it's this crazy craving. It's just the fact that you're having the craving where it's like it's not hunger. It's like you're really craving something sweet or you're really craving something salty. Um, there's something else going on. Yeah. It's I and I think that is one that a lot of people will relate to and say, I had no idea that that had anything to do with, you know, anything physiological. I thought it was a willpower thing. Right. Which also brings us, I think you had mentioned before, you know, that weight gain is one of the symptoms. Right. Weight gain is not always a symptom. I mean, none of these are always, you know, you're not going to no. have all of these. Um, because, and I say that because when I, you know, had adrenal fatigue, I was actually really little. I was having trouble keeping weight on. So it's not, you're not always going to experience that. But a lot of times weight gain goes along with this. And I know we've talked about this before on the show, but probably because you're eating a bunch of junk because you're craving the, the right. sugar and the salt. Again, but it's again, it's not your fault. And I think that That's right. is it's what not. we keep going back to is a lot of people gain weight and they think, well, you know, I'm not eating the way I should be. And, you know, like TJ said, a lot of times they're saying, well, I am eating more sweets than I should. Or I am, you know, eating more French fries or potato chips. You're craving that salt and that's something physiological. This isn't all about willpower. And so much, especially in this country, we put it on ourselves that, you know, well, it's a lack of willpower and that's why you're overweight. You know what? It may have nothing to do with your your willpower. There could be something physiologically going on. Right. And then we'll see this with people that are extremely frustrated because they know they're eating very, very cleanly. Um, they're eating and doing all the right things and they just can't lose weight right no and i think that's true i mean yeah i my whole point though is even if you're not doing all the right things i mean right because those are the times when you know i think people are like okay well i get it if i was eating you know perfectly and i was gaining weight but i'm not and i don't want to go in and say something to them because they're going to say oh well quit eating french fries or you know but that it 
it's not that simple. If that's something that you're craving and you know if that's a craving or if you're just like, I'm hungry and I could, you know, go and eat something at home or I could go through the drive through, then, you know, that's different than being like, I really want something salty or I really want something sweet. That is that is correct. i worked it in twice i'm so excited (laughs) so so proud of myself um and the rest of the audiences out there just shaking their head at me just like aaron is so that's okay so all right so i hope that my hope for this is that people start to understand that there are a lot of symptoms that go with a lot of different things and you've got to figure out and whittle it down and understand what's actually going on. It doesn't none of this actually means that it has to be one thing or the other. I mean you need to know, okay, are we dealing with, you know, this or something else if they're on complete polar opposite ends of the spectrum. But someone can be diabetic and have adrenal fatigue and have depression all at the same time and be three conditions that are brought on separately by by different mechanisms but they're still going to have an underlying effect on the body and as we start to correct that underlying effect then the rest of those things it's like Aaron was saying you you get a step moving in the right direction and you get that momentum going and healing and help becomes much easier it's it's when you know it's that that time when you're at your, at the darkest hour that it's so hard to go over and flip on the light. Right. Well, and on top of that, I just want to say, I mean, we see so many people who have, you know, are in at that dark point and they're, you know, they have all of these symptoms. But where we would really like to catch people are those that, you know, there are so many people out there that, you know, what we see a lot of times in the clinic, someone, you know, will bring a person with them to their appointment. And then that person will say, wait, maybe I should get tested. And then we end up finding, you know, we test certain things, find that they have a number of problems. And then once they start thinking about it, they're like, oh, you're right. I do have this symptom and I do have this. I mean, it's amazing how many people out there, I mean, we've talked about how many people out there are not feeling good, but on top of that, how many people are out there and are extremely unhealthy and don't see themselves that way. They don't even like the symptoms don't even register with them anymore because it's been such a slow progression that that's just normal. Or they're around people who are worse off than they are or just as bad. And so they think, well, this is just what people feel like. You want to feel feel healthier? Surround yourself with really sick people. Right. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, you know, or, you know, people who are really overweight and all of a sudden you're just like, well, I'm normal or I'm actually, you know, much better than they are. I mean, there's so many different ways you could look at this, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. That's just self-sabotage. Right. That's and just people setting don't, yourself up. aren't doing it on purpose. Right. Yeah. So, all right. So next week we are going to get into how to overcome adrenal fatigue, things that you can do. We're going to talk about, you know, what to do, you know, when should you go to see a doctor? What, what, what are the triggers? Why should you go see someone to get help? Um, I always think earlier is better because it's always better to know. But that's my personal opinion. But we'll give you steps also that you can do yourself. Right. So if you want more information, go to our website, theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com. Um, you can follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Instagram. You can call us, 314-293-8123. Email us. We love to get. We love to hear comments, and and we try to answer questions when we get them. Um, so, until next week, for Aaron, 
I'm Dr. TJ. This has been Wellness 101. Thanks for listening.